0: Host, Dr. Chase Raymond. And with this podcast, I hope to bring you a fresh perspective on leadership and the strategies you must take to be an effective leader. We will focus on what it takes to lead today so you can achieve tomorrow's goals. Everyone, and thank you for listening to Leading for Today. This podcast is designed to develop and maintain existing leaders, but also to inform those who desire to be leaders. And today's episode is titled Navigating the Challenges of a Multi Generational Team. It has been said for well over a decade. Today's organizations are now comprised of several different age demographic groups, and we call these groups generational groups or generational cohorts. And the challenge that comes with a multi-generational team is the various beliefs and attitudes and perspectives that may guide a particular generational mindset of an employee. And this can be quite different when one generation works side by side with somebody from a different generation. And this is quite important for organizational leaders to understand simply because generational differences are prone to foster differences and even conflict with inside a team. This negative dynamic can in turn wreak havoc on production or any kind of advances you hope to make with your team members. So this podcast is titled Navigating the Challenges of a Multi-Generational Team. Today, regardless of your age or your generation or even where you work, there is a high probability the age range of your co-workers is very diverse. For example, your organization may comprise of employees aging from 18 to 76 years old. This means there is potential that two workers could be working side by side on the same shift, under the same roof, and be 52 years apart. And so this further suggests that at any time, up to four generations of employees are actively working inside any organization within the United States. And this is not a new phenomenon. Maybe even up to 10 years ago or so, there was a good chance that upwards of five generations were actively working side by side. This is because there was still a large population of people born prior to 1946. These were members of the silent generation, and they remained in the workplace. And some rare cases may still exist even today where there's five generations in the workplace. But for the most part, the silent generation has retired from the American workforce. But nevertheless, we are still left with four generations that are very different characteristically. Now, whether you lead a group of employees that are members of five, four, or just even two generational cohorts, you are leading a multi-generational team, and this could pose a leadership challenge. In this episode, my aim is to shed some light on the four generational cohorts that are currently employed in America's organizations, meaning I want to briefly discuss what has influenced these four different generations and how that may carry over into the workplace? Then I will talk to you about how you as a leader can help navigate those potential challenges when leading a multi-generational team. So we will be discussing more of this right after the break. So stay right here with Leading for Today. <laughs> So today's topic is how to navigate the challenges of a multi-generational team. Now, I need to say from an HR or an employment law perspective, it is wrong or it may be even unlawful to demonstrate a bias based on the age of an employee. So you must be careful not to discriminate or stereotype an employee based on their age. That said, what you will be learning about today is a simple understanding of how generational cohorts share certain unique characteristics, such as values, beliefs, and attitudes, and how those experiences can differ from one generation from another. All right, so let's get into this first question, and that is, what makes each generation different? Well, each generational cohort or that generational group has unique lived experiences or has experienced a particular event that has shaped their life in some way. These experiences and events can be related to historical or even economic events, perhaps technological advancements and social and cultural shifts. So next, I want to just briefly discuss the characteristics of the four dominant generational cohorts that currently exist in the workplace today. And by the way, you can view a much more detailed chart on my blog located at leadingfortoday.com. All right, so the first cohort I want to talk about is the baby boomer generation. The baby boomers were born between 1946 and 1964, and today these workers will age about 58 to 76 uh, years old. Now, they got the name Baby Boomers because they were the children of the silent generation. Now, keep in mind, the silent generation, uh, the men, they went off and fought World War II, and they came back wanting to celebrate, and they did so very generously. So much so, there was a huge surge in the baby population at that time, so hence the name Baby Boomers. Now, the Baby Boomer generation was influenced by the Civil Rights Movement, the Vietnam War, The sexual revolution, the Cold War with Russia, and the advent of space travel. And this generation also enjoyed economic prosperity, plenty of jobs, and living out the American dream. Now, this generation was known to buy things that made them feel good, such as real estate, vehicles, boats, clothing, took plenty of vacations. But this also uh, led to the baby boomers being uh, hard workers, working long hours, and becoming workaholics in order to afford this desired lifestyle. This is also a generation that really started the two-income family, where the husband and wife both went to work to afford the bills. And all in all, this results in some shared experiences and lived events across this generation of Individuals in this age bracket. So, baby boomers are considered very optimistic. They see value in being cooperative or being team oriented. They also are very highly ambitious and optimistic and they wanted to make a difference. Now, the next generation is Generation X, these are the offspring of the baby boomer generation. And they were born between 1965 and 1980, and today they would be about 42 to about 57 years old. Now, how did Generation X get its name? Well, they're often called the Forgotten Generation. And one reason is because their baby boomer parents, remember, they were workaholics, so they worked long hours. And so their children, the Gen X generation, were often left at home fending for themselves after school or during summer vacation, during summer break. And so this is all while their parents were at work. And this led to the Gen X uh, kids at that time to be called latchkey kids while they were growing up, or the forgotten generation. All right, so the Gen Xers, they were influenced by the energy crisis and the oil bust of the 1980s. There was also a lot of corporate downsizing and layoffs that occurred during this period. There was also the end of the Cold War. There was increased divorce rates among parents. There was political scandals going on. MTV became a major thing back in the 80s. The first space shuttle was launched into space as well as the first space shuttle Challenger disaster that happened during this time frame. As a result of these shared experiences and events, Gen X became very skeptical, maybe even a bit cynical. They had lofty expectations about their future, Mostly, they became highly trained and educated, and many became very self-reliant. Now, due to several economic setbacks that that their families experienced, Gen Xers lacked a lot of corporate loyalty or any kind of job commitment uh, when they began to join the workforce. Now, the next generation of workers is Gen Y, or better yet, they are called millennials. And this is because they came of age around the time of the millennium, or around year 2000. Now, millennials were influenced by events such as the Oklahoma City bombing and 9-11, terrorist attacks, school shootings, things of that nature. Millennials was the first generation to experience cell phones and computers at a young age. Many found enjoyment by communicating through chat and social media channels. This was also called the YouTube age. Now, millennials were also known as being the most diverse generation so far. This generation also grew up mostly in a single-parent family. Millennials benefited from a strong U.S. economy and economic prosperity. However, they had less disposable income compared to previous generations. Now, recent surveys find that millennials find it more rewarding to visit global destinations and to help their community than buying a home, which is much different than prior generations. Now, as a result of the shared experiences and events of millennials, uh, they're known to be job hoppers because they are unsettled and less committed to the workplace. And often they leave in under two years, all because they are in search of something very fulfilling. And they do have a sense of entitlement. And this was likely born from that everyone gets a trophy generation. Now, keep in mind that this generation is uh, highly productive. Uh, They are very tech-savvy. They're highly social. They embrace diversity. They have high levels of confidence. Like I said, they're very educated. They're open to new ideas, and they embrace uh, innovation. So this is definitely a generation not to be overlooked. Now, our last generational cohort is Generation Z or Gen Z. This generation was practically born with a cell phone on their hands, and they're also known as digital lights due to their extreme tech-savvy nature. This generation prefers to communicate via social media or through some sort of technology application. They don't like to talk through the phone. Uh, They prefer not to use email or even snail mail. And like Gen Y, when Gen Z became adults, they were in line to inherit a robust economy. And all was well until COVID-19 reshaped the country's economic landscape. And as a result of COVID-19, many employers were forced to shut their doors, uh, Reduced their wages, even lay off workers just to keep uh, their business alive. And as a result of this, Gen Z became, uh, became more pessimistic about their future. That all said, Generation Z is probably the most racially and ethnically diverse generational cohort currently in the workplace. Now, the parents of Gen Z experienced the Great Recession. And so Gen Z knows the effects of that, and so they want more stability in their life. At the same time, they demand a very flexible lifestyle. That means that they like to work from home or have extended uh, time off so they can enjoy life, uh, either you know, just taking PTO time or taking extended long-term vacations. And so this could also be a challenging aspect of leading this particular generation. All right, so that is the breakdown of the four generations currently working in America's organizations. Hopefully you can see now how each generational cohort has been influenced throughout different times of their life, so much so that it has influenced their perspective and their attitudes and their beliefs about the workplace. And these different perspectives, attitudes, beliefs, Sometimes there are similarities, but often there are differences, and this is where leading a age diverse or a generationally diverse team can be quite challenging. Now, when I return, I'll discuss the best practices that you can use to lead a multi generational team. All right, welcome back. Today's topic is navigating the challenges of a multi-generational team. And in this second half, I want to discuss some best practices that you can implement and use today if you are experiencing any challenges when leading a multi-generational or an age-diverse team. Okay, so a study conducted by the University of North Carolina found that 75% of those organizational leaders surveyed they found that leading a multi-generational team is challenging. The same survey found that nearly two thirds of those organizational leaders uh, said that the prevailing challenge when leading a multi-generational team really centered around a range of work expectations by these particular generational cohorts. For example, Uh, Baby boomers prefer an employer that will satisfy their predisposition to be long-term committed employees, meaning they want to work for an employee for a long period of time, something we just don't see today. Whereas a millennial employee is searching for a job that delivers a high level of self-fulfillment and they will not settle until they discover such a job. So an organizational leader may find themselves in the middle of a situation where someone is highly committed and the other is a as a potential job hopper or far less committed to the workplace, this ultimately translates to a situation where a worker maybe has less effort being produced, uh, less product is being produced, or there's a high level of potential turnover and When you, as leaders understand how each generation has been influenced throughout their life, which has shaped their view of work and shaped their work expectations, you can clearly see why this has become a challenge for a lot of leaders within the organization. As I said before the break, today's organizations include as many as four different generations under the same roof. 70-year-old baby boomers working alongside a 30-year-old millennial, or maybe a 25-year-old Gen Z working next to a 50-year-old Gen Xer. The age difference can be as much as 58 years if you bring a baby boomer and a Gen Z employee together. As organizational leaders, it's imperative that we understand these differences. However, keep in mind, other studies argue that the pervasive thought about conflict resulting from generational differences has more to do with just the raw age than being a member of a generational cohort. Regardless if the potential for conflict is a result of generational differences or age itself, it is important that organizational leaders know how to navigate this potential minefield. In general, the approach is going to remain the same. So here are a few steps that you can take. The first thing that I would like to suggest is just get to know your members of your team. We can do this by defining the generational cohorts working in your organization and fully understanding each generational cohort, much like we did in the first half of this episode. Again, you can view a more expanded generational cohort chart on my website at leadingfortoday.com. By being aware and understanding the difference differences of generational cohorts and the associated age brackets inside your team, you have a good handle on cohort preferences, their attitudes, and their outlook on work and other beliefs. But we must be careful not to reach a point that we overgeneralize and begin stereotyping every employee because of where they fit inside a generational cohort chart or maybe even an age bracket. Remember, no two employees are the same. Therefore, each employee is going to be different. But you can refer to a generational cohort chart to help give you deeper understanding why a particular group has similar beliefs or perspectives or attitudes or maybe even a work ethic. It just helps to explain why things are the way they are. The next step is to remember they are humans. They're not robots. So despite the existence of a generational cohort or an age bracket, we should first emphasize that they are human and they are our employees. They are our team members. As employees, first, regardless of age or generational differences, they have commonalities that we can use as leverage. For example, each share a common belief in the organization's culture. Meaning, the organization's culture is those shared beliefs and attitudes and perspectives that guide the entire organization. This right here is a great tool to help bridge any differences that may exist. Number two, the University of North Carolina survey also found that irregardless of one's generational cohort or age bracket, employees still have a strong desire for the organization and its leaders to be successful. Again, this is a common or shared belief, and it transcends any shared negative perspectives associated with age or any kind of generational cohort. This is a belief that leaders can use as a rallying point to energize any kind of teamwork. Number three, organizational leaders should embrace the age-diverse nature of its team members. Studies show organizations have high amounts of success by implementing what we call intergenerational learning. And these experiences can be used within their work teams. Meaning new or younger employees will share recently learned knowledge, let's say something about technology, with an older worker, more seasoned employee. At the same time, the seasoned employee spends time with a younger employee sharing knowledge, perhaps providing instruction about tried and true practices that they've experienced through their career. Each generation learns from the other, which builds relationships, unity, and teamwork. Number four, organizational leaders must understand the individual communication preferences of its team members. For example, baby boomers prefer face-to-face interaction. Gen X prefers email or even a phone call, while Gen Y and Gen Z prefer text messages and social media applications such as WhatsApp to communicate. That said, if a team-wide message is needed to be delivered, leaders can still call on a town hall meeting. But maybe they should consider using applications such as Zoom, YouTube, or Facebook to accompany that so that they can appeal to the Gen Y and Gen Z members. Also, always search for commonalities and do not place importance on the differences. This is an effective, hard-and-fast rule for overcoming most relationship conflicts. By reminding team members of shared commonalities, such as their bond through the organizational culture or their drive for organizational success, we can try to overcome any differences that may exist. This is also a good opportunity to find areas where each side can help each other. As I stated before, it's important that organizational leaders steer clear of having any age or generational bias uh, with a team member. This can be an HR violation and unlawful, but equally important, any kind of negative bias can perpetuate division and frustration. So use age difference as a method to be creative and innovative, not to foster division. Last, it is important as organizational leaders that you understand the preferred leadership style of the generational cohorts. At a Phillips electronics plant, a leadership study was conducted and they invited workers to participate in a focus group. And the focus group involved all four of these generations of workers. And when each cohort was asked, what was their preferred leadership style? Overwhelmingly, each cohort responded with a preference for what we call supportive leadership. A supportive leadership style is when the leader supports team members by providing them with any tools and resources necessary so that they can be effective and successful. Until the point that they have all of the skills to work autonomously. In other words, they are skilled enough to work more independently. Now, if this sounds familiar, it aligns well with what we call path goal theory. And path goal theory is all about paving a way for your members to find success. And it's all about providing them with the tools and the resources necessary so they can do so. Now, to be a supportive leader, it's important that you first understand the needs of your team and the team members. It's vital you provide them with whatever is necessary so that they can do their job and do it well. Next, as a leader, you must focus on building relationships with each of your team members. Therefore, it's vital that you conduct regular interactions providing feedback and support. Similarly, you must focus on fostering the cohesiveness between your team members. This may require intergenerational tasks or projects to help overcome any age or generational misunderstandings or differences. The more your members work together, the more cohesive your team can become. Remember, a supportive leader is accepting of every employee. They maintain a positive attitude and outlook. They practice emotional intelligence. They are resourceful and knowledgeable, and they are patient with their employees as they learn these new habits and skills. All right, so there you have it, the steps to navigating the challenges of a multi-generational team. Just remember, age is just a number, and in the greater scheme of things, it's irrelevant to the success of the organization. What is important is that you have a great collection of diverse workers focused on abiding by the organization's mission and culture and they want to bring success to the organization and as a leader or i should say a supportive leader you need to foster strong relationships provide all the tools and resources necessary to your team members and be available to your team members it's not a matter of when it's likely already a current situation where you are now leading a very age-diverse group of employees. Sure, the differences that separate these generational employees can lead to conflict, but by using these steps to circumvent any negative event, I believe that you can be successful in navigating the challenges of a multi-generational team. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Until next time, I am your host, Dr. Chase Raymond. Thank you for listening to today's podcast here on Leading for Today. I hope each episode gives you insight on how you can lead your team and your organization toward achieving important goals and objectives. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and a review. And please tell your friends about us. Until next time, I'm Dr. Chase Raymond.